0: I wanted to know who the best player was on tour, simply because I wanted to actually work as hard. And then I ran into a, a little guy by the name of George Knudsen out of Canada, and I watched him hit the golf ball. I watched him with the wide stance, making the club back way
1: inside, releasing the club. One of the greatest ball strikers. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the McKellar Golf Podcast. My name is Lauren Stonigan and before I introduce my co-host, a quick note. As always, uh, if you haven't yet got a copy of the McKellar Golf Magazine uh, Literary Journal, as I like to call it. Uh, I think we have issues 3, 4, 5, 6 and 7 uh, still in stock. Uh, go to mackellarmagazine.com/shop and get your copy, I promise you. You won't regret it, world-class golf rating. Uh, the other thing, a quick note, uh, co-host Jeff shackaford hang on Jeff, I'm going to pitch your uh, newsletter. Uh, the Quadrilateral is on uh, Substack, uh, fantastic uh, updates on World of Golf, it's focused around the majors, but uh, Jeff, uh, generous soul that he is, um, gets out a couple of newsletters every week on uh, all sorts of golf. Uh, it's really essential, essential reading, I say this every week, he's too modest to say it. Uh, or is he? I don't know. Uh, mm. The uh, if you subscribe, you'll be joining the who's who of the world of golf. Uh, everyone from administrators to top, top professionals. And I'll leave it at that. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing.
0: Uh, I'm doing really well, Lawrence. It's it's been a, another lively week, and um, I'm uh, putting the finishing touches on my news and notes this week. Debating uh, how to word this stuff with kidnapping and, and all that, oh, and, my you know, God! because it's alleged it's just an, it's just an allegation. So I, I, I want to make sure the quadrilateral doesn't get sued. Uh, but yeah, so it's, uh, all good. And there's some interesting stuff going on in the actual world of, of golf and majors and the things that I really care about. And, um, even, even saying nice things about a live golfer this week, Joaquin, uh, Neiman, I, I, I admire his effort and I'll, I will be admiring in the newsletter his effort to try to get in the majors, which um, many of his peers are not trying to do, and uh, except uh, with a handout. Uh, but he's actually trying to do it via via merit, which uh, I admire. The
1: uh, yeah, I'm sure that the Cordal is doing so well. You could take on Yasser Al Rumi in, in, uh, in oh, a lawsuit. yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Before I'm we be get careful to... on that one, yeah. Yeah, before before we get to all the golf stuff, as as you say, it's a packed week this week. I um, did you go and see uh, American Fiction yet? We talked about. It I haven't say?
0: gotten there yet. No. It's on, It's on the. I finished uh, Pillars of the Flower Moon and uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, I I did it in two parts. Obviously, it's it's too long for for one sitting for me. Uh, but uh, an 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 odd movie, but 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 really uh, interesting and uh, uh I, I never got what? bored by the way I, very uh very beautiful to look at unusual weird cameo by uh marty in it but uh we won't talk about it yeah and i and you notice i call him marty not martin scorsese you know like we work yeah, together yeah. well personal leo leo had. was just by the way leo was <laughs> just here at the theater up the street you know trying to uh you know get the awards uh buzz going for his performance which he's fantastic the guy's an amazing actor and uh I thought I'd go stand in the standby line because I'm uh, I, I'm a member of the. Oh my gosh! I i come driving two hours before the showing, and the, the member line was around the corner. So he's a big star; people like to hear him. So uh, I miss that chat. But uh, oh well, yeah. Uh,
1: well, uh, on uh, other uh, non-McKellar, uh, well, I guess it is. I uh, such as my devotion to content for the McKellar uh, mm, podcast. I, uh, I have um. Come all the way to Huahin, in uh, I hope I pronounced that correctly, in uh, Thailand for the final stage of the Asian Tour qualifying school. Uh-huh. I was out there yesterday, Jeff, doing the hard yards. Uh, 210 guys for 35 spots uh, on the Asian Tour. It's actually quite a big deal now. There's a, quite a lot of um, quite a lot of European Tour guys who have European Tour cards are out here trying to get an Asian Tour an Asian Tour card as well. Um, and just talking to a couple of them yesterday, the level of discontent over access, uh, you, you know, these guys have worked hard to earn their European tour card and they now find themselves pretty much not unable to get into, I know it's early, early, um, it's early in the season, but really struggling to get into the certainly the bigger European tour events. So they're, they're looking for alternatives to play. Once upon a time, you got a tour card, Jeff, and that was you. You were set for the season. That doesn't seem to really be yeah. the case anymore. Bit, bit of a shame. Strategic I guess such alliance issues uh such as the uh such as the modern world of golf the um the uh, yes again it's amazing when you come to these uh, t- tour school events i mean there's a lot on the line this is like a guy's lives and you know careers yeah and one of us played on two golf courses one of the golf courses one of the guys it was actually one of the european tour guys was bitching to me yesterday about that one of the golf courses has different different grasses on different greens uh so I guess there's Bermuda. Some greens in Bermuda, and some are whatever, bent or whatever. Wow. Uh, past and Others are <laughs> a, a confection of three. I mean, it seems to have been some confusion uh, when they were seating at the golf course. Uh, there seems to have been some confusion over the bags
0: of seats. Wow. <laughs> and you know it's noticeable if a player's talking about it because most players couldn't tell you the difference between, and I couldn't, looking at different bents or uh, different – uh, you know, hybrid Bermuda on the greens, but but clearly that sounds like a major difference, like a warm season cool grass uh, season grass kind of uh, difference. That's pretty wild. All uh,
1: right, so I want you to bring your expertise. There's there's no way in hell that that was deliberate. I'm guessing it has to be a mistake uh, at some point.
0: I have not heard of that one. No, that would be a first if it was. I, I've obviously there's you have in Asia a lot of courses with two sets of greens, right? Different different yeah. grasses for different seasons and. And uh, I've heard of maybe people in the mix mixing in something a little more robustly in a part of the course that's shaded or something. Uh, but again, those are the same, generally from the same family. So they, that's uh, that. That definitely sounds like a if if a player's noticing, that's a massive, massive uh, screw up. And today they're so uh, they're so picky. I mean, they they get mad when a, when different greens have different firmness. Even if it's not intentional, it's just because of the setting of the green, they go bonkers. And it's like, well, that's your job to figure that out in a practice round when certain greens are different than others. You know, the 18th of Riviera is up high and it's hard as a rock. And and other greens lower on the course are, are not so firm. Like, that's the player's job, I think. But, um, yeah, different, different strains, that's a little out there, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was uh, the other thing, Jeff. When you go, just how many talented players there are. I, I mean, here yeah. we are. It's um, it's a long way from the uh, center stage or court one of court the center court of a uh, professional golf. But my goodness, there are some talented, very talented guys out there. Um, anyway, enough of that nonsense. We will uh, actually, Jeff. We recorded the podcast just hours before a couple of uh, big departures from golf were announced last week. Uh, we should kind c- of catch up on that. The first one was a. Uh, Martin Slumber is the CEO of the RNA. Um, announced that he will be stepping down at the end of 2024. I've got that right, haven't it? I, I uh, uh, I've been a long time admirer of Slumber's. I uh, tweeted out, you know, what, tra- uh, what big loss for the RNA. This, this is he was transformational for the organisation. And oh my goodness, the response I got. I mean, <laughs> is this oh. a joke? Are you kidding me? On uh, really, a couple of uh, RNA members of my acquaintance. Uh, we're also certainly in the good riddance camp, mm. uh, which is a, a bit odd. Well, any, I any the, specifics?
0: Any well, thing to back up what their views?
1: Well, I, I think there's a general. I hate to start this, but as I say, I think we're both fans. Yeah, ours. yeah. I'm gonna to I'm this. gonna
0: refute it, but I want to hear if they yeah. have something. Besides, so the to- locker room isn't finished on time. <laughs> well, there, there is that. Um, You're digging least, a hole yeah. in a. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. What did you expect? But we'll we'll but- come
1: on to that. I, I think I hate, as I say, I hate to start it on a on a negative note, but I guess we should start there, and then you can we can both pile in that. There's a general sense that he was more concerned with the commercial activities of the of the organisation as opposed to the the membership uh, interests. Ah. um again I, I can't speak to the truth of this or not I don't, uh, is that he was that his um predecessor was often seen around the town and not very available to chat with the other clubs uh, in in the town um so just a bit more involved with St Andrews mm. I think slumbers is you know his obviously very ambitious for the RNA in a global sense and uh, there's a sense of feeling amongst certainly a few people, members and local people in St. Andrews, that he was uh, not so much engaged um, mm. with with what they wanted for the r and I mean, I, I mean, these people, i a I'll, I'll quick note from my perspective, these people need to, you know, they want to stay in the 1980s, 1990s, wherever? It's just ridiculous. I, I said he was transformational. From my perspective, transformational in the sense that he came in he, I well remember going to these pre-open press conferences and having a shouting match with Peter Dawson every year about the mm-hmm. women's issue, and Peter Dawson sneering at me. And he left, yeah. and within a matter of months, the <laughs> r had women members. Um, Muirfield was put on notice: stop this nonsense. If you want to, if you want to ever want to stage the Open, uh, get your house in order. <laughs> they had a vote, yeah. which, <laughs> which went the wrong way. So, yeah. in true North Korean fashion, they had another vote. <laughs> to get the right answer. Um, so this was all, certainly, I, I'm not sure if Slumber's, was this is his personal agenda he was pushing, but it certainly happened under his watch. I, I love that. I, I think he's transformed the Open. We've spoken about, uh, you know, taking on golf courses and changing golf courses. I'm not sure either of us are, are fans of that, but uh, the Open's truly a big world event. I mean, it always has been, but you, it really looks and feels and sounds and is a major world sporting event and I think um, Martin Slumbers deserves a lot of credit for that and if you go through the minutiae of what the irony gets up to there's some amazing things the one that I love which not a lot it wasn't was barely mentioned anywhere last week is they do this uh, university series in in the UK they basically set up a, a, a not a rival but a, a you know a, a university the university golf teams across the UK and um, uh, they, they now have tournaments to play, an R&A sponsored uh, t- tour to play in. It's really promoting um, the good golfers who would formerly have gone to the United States to play their college golf. They can stay at home now and, and play their college golf there, uh, thanks to the r and you know, it's a very, you know, some families just can't afford to send their kids to the United States to play college golf. So it's a it's a great alternative for those families. So it's kind of growing the game and giving those really good players who perhaps don't have the financial means to go and play college golf in the States. It gives them a forum, a platform to develop their skills and talent and hopefully move into the professional game. And again, that happened entirely under the Martin Slumber's watch. Um, in terms of growing the game around the world, there, the RNAs tentacles are everywhere. I mean, there really are. You have to look at, say, the Asia-Pacific, um, the Latin American... Amateurs, all these the RNA. I mean, I know these are largely, no, to a certain extent, driven by uh, Augusta National, but the RNA is right by their side, and and it's and it's been wonderful to watch. So, from my perspective, Slumber's legacy has, is again, as I say, I, I think he has been transformational. What about you?
0: Yeah, I would agree. I, I um, <clears throat> I'm shocked to hear that reaction. I mean, they're both with the USGA and the RNA. You're always going to have an old guard that doesn't care for the, uh, commercial push. And, and I certainly wouldn't say I'm a hundred percent enamored with some of the things they do. Um, you know, they're, they're all obsessed with their slogans, which, which gets a little exhausting, but, um, and, and, and the, and the money they spend on, on developing these things, but whatever it, 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 you hit on what, uh, you know, he did for the open, uh, it's, it's just a shocking to think that he started in 2015 and how much has changed with the RNA. And I wrote, when I started, when I got the word that he was, he was, uh, going to be stepping down at year's end, I started going through everything. I don't really think I even covered everything that's happened under his watch. Um, and you know, number one, you just, the staff is fantastic and it's such a happier, nicer, Group of people to deal with, um, than they they used to have, and that to me, that's that says something about the person at the top. That's the the the, and I don't think he's soft on them, but but there is certainly a, a culture there of, um, it, at least they give the appearance that uh they're pretty devoted to what they're doing and and they think through a lot of things, and if they make a mistake, they admit it um so on and on you could go on that front the open is i think it has a ways to go to be honest in terms of getting kind of back to what it should be or bigger um i really hate the date um so close to wimbledon some things like that 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 may be tough to to fix but in general when you go to the open it feels big and martin uh they focused a lot on on uh, having better relationships with the players. Uh, they're trying to retain the element of qualifying, but the open qualifying series has been expanded on. I mean, you just go on and on the, the the amateur engagement with the, this week is the Latin America amateur in Panama. Um, by the way, not, not the greatest field by the rankings, uh, <laughs> your, yeah. your headliners are in the seventies, but anyway, that's just a ranking and rankings are whatever they are. But, uh, so I think you just go down the list of the things that he's done. He was not a pro distance rollback person when he took the job and, uh, and, and he clearly took in all the information and assessed that and, and changed his uh, views a little bit uh the, the the i can't wait to see the facility in glasgow uh that it was a something that really started under his watch i don't know how much of it's his vision but i think it is and um i hate to grow the game phrase but it is a it is a reimagination of a course that was dying that was probably going to be closed and turned into a park and now it's this multi-purpose facility that does have golf and, and a way to bring people in the game, but it's got nature hikes and uh, educational stuff for the local kids and playgrounds and uh, it's family uh, driven. And it just sounds like a fan, you know, what we've, a lot of us have thought somebody needed to do to set as an example for what are a lot of facilities under stress and under pressure to, um, you know, figure out what to do going in the future. So, they did that. I, you know, so I, I just think he's done a, a really fantastic job. And uh, I think the only thing that I wrote in my piece was that, that, that I felt like he hasn't been quite as clear or understandable on the Saudi issue. And I don't know if there is a way to be um, forceful and, and, and smart and consistent on the topic. Cause it kind of, as we're going to discuss, yeah, it just keeps changing. And, and Saudi Arabia is within the RNA's jurisdiction. (laughs) So you can't, you have to embrace their golf efforts in some ways, the golf Saudi. So I, I, I don't, um, but I get it. You know, members of clubs are, are, uh, are generally insane when it comes to uh, these things (laughs) and they lose total touch with reality. And, and, um, but my, but from my perspective, my interaction with the organization they they they're just covering as you said so much they're 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 doing so many things that we don't even uh, you know we just didn't even get to and the and the investment on the museum side and the history side trying to build the headquarters so they're not all in 15 different locations in St. Andrews and on and on you go so i i uh i just i don't get the uh i i don't think he could have done a better job by the way i think his job was the the, the marching orders from everything i've gathered and you you would know cuz you were Kind of on the beat when he got the job, but I I think that he followed the marching orders that he was given, which was to improve the business side of this organization and to button up some things and get things in order (laughs) after uh, Chief Inspector uh, Dawson's run.
1: (laughs) Well, a couple of things here, Jeff. Uh, one, I can't believe uh, calling the RNA members crazy are insane. I said it, all club not...
0: members. I said I was. That was a universal, sweeping statement about all c- club members right now. I mean, I'm hearing stories about stuff going on at clubs, Lawrence. It's just bonkers. People are. They just say either have too much money or too much time, or I, I don't. Anyway, go on. Uh, and, the, that's uh... clubs, uh, universal. That's around the world. That's not in one area. That's it's everywhere. I think it's too the, much. Uh, well,
1: it's, you're just you're just ruining my hopes of getting my irony membership. So
0: oh, I think we're both toast, by the way, on that front. I well, meant to I interrupt you earlier they'd... on that.
1: Uh, Jeff, I think you might have. I always the irony that I don't know. I don't think that mind critics if they're good players and they are really no golf. I think somebody like you might. Might have a sniff at the RNA membership. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. not that you would
0: want it. I go suspect. on, it's not, it's not going to happen. But go on, right?
1: Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, we we'll, we might see your name in the book sometime soon, Jeff. That would be a that well. Would be fun, anyway, I
0: I just would f- f- forcefully uh, uh, argue that. Uh, I think he's been as as uh, important as any person they've ever had in that position. When you think about what's happened in the last nine years, and I love the fact that he's, uh, I, I, he's not leaving immediately. He's going to be here through the year, uh, it sounds like, so he's not just up and leaving and deserting them. Because some people read that, as you might imagine, they understandably read into this that, well, this is a Saudi-related thing. And uh, he doesn't want to deal with that mess. that's you, know, the rankings, the world rankings, all the things that are kind of continuing to come out. Well, he's staying through the end of the year, so yeah, or through through the championship season at least. and so I don't I don't think he's deserting them uh, either. Um, and and and, by, and oh, and one other thing to the criticism, uh, yeah, I can't speak to whether he mingles in the streets of St. Andrews, but I can tell you at the open, he walks around constantly by himself. Uh, stops and talks to people. He's out on the golf course. He's uh, moving around. I've had some great chats with him out there and I've watched him from a distance chat with people. Uh, I'm not, wow. yeah, I, I'm not saying he's the ultimate man of the people, but he's out and about and he's, and yeah. And, and he's, of course, is just a lovely guy to talk to. And he loves the game. He really loves the game. So I, I just don't, I don't get that stuff at all. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of mystified, but. Like I said, club members these days are all bonkers. Uh, when I read these
1: statements of people leaving, the cynic in me always goes, "Oh, there's something. What's going on here? Maybe he's being pushed." But the the, the fact that he's staying till the end of the year, and he if you go back in these past comments, I think he made her a statement about hanging he around did. for yeah, minimum of five,
0: years. maximum of ten, somewhere in that. Yeah. And, and and by the way, and that's what I love about the United Kingdom. You 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 know, you guys don't people over there don't work till they drop, and they they. They know when to step away. It seems like uh, at an appropriate time, and it seems like he's he's doing that. So good for um, him. I hope he gets to play um, a lot other, of. Uh, maybe they'll
1: make him a member of the RNA. Um, oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bank <laughs> on that. Uh, <laughs> the one. The other thing to note is he's clearly been working hard because uh, somebody texted me, uh, actually <laughs> a complaint that uh, he's handicapped scratcher. and I, I was thinking, well, he's oh geez, I, mean, I've, I haven't seen him. I, well hang on these people St. andrews is an odd little town Jeff, believe you <laughs> me um his handicap scratch, well i don't know how much he plays i think he's a member he's a member of a few places few some great Crail clubs a and member, uh, uh, yeah he's also he's a, Ealy, I think. he's a member of elia thing he's a member at royal sinkports my favorite um, mm. but he scores at the seminal member guest have been awful over there, certainly not at least Yeah, that's a guy. Well, if he played
0: too well, it'd be the opposite. They'd go, "Well, exactly." Golf? Yeah, how dare he? By the way, there's, there's, there's a there's one thing he hasn't done. He did not get the open to Royal Sinkports. That's there's there's a criticism of Martin. He screwed that. He did, blew it. How did you not get that done?
1: Yeah, I, I. Enemy for his successor, I have no idea. I've given up predicting successes. No, I yeah. We'll a worry minute. about that uh, I, I think Niall Farkison, who I don't know. I think he's a, is he the chairman or something. There? And he's another brilliant guy, by the way. Uh, loves golf. Uh, very uh, astute businessman. I'm guessing he'll be in charge of it. I would suspect that we'll find somebody younger. A younger version of Martin Slumbers will... Uh, will He'll take over, um, but that'll be in 2025. It'll be very interesting to see who it is. Uh, The other departure, uh,
0: Keith Pelley, he's off to
1: become commissioner of the PGA Tour. Oh no, that's
0: no, (laughs) no, (laughs) yeah, predictions out. Throw that, throw a line Uh, through uh, that one.
1: Uh, he's going to become the CEO or something, whatever it is of the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. Yeah. I you know, some kind of uh, covers all sorts of the Raptors, multiple teams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a great yeah. job so, for him.
0: It's a, it's a dream job. Brilliant for him. job. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, brilliant
1: job. And I, did, I didn't know this. son certainly plays college golf at the university of Connecticut. So I didn't know that either. Yeah. So, uh, good for him. Um, uh, Keith Pelley was a former guest on the Michaela Golf Podcast, and another incarnation. He was excellent, really, uh, the kind of guy you could ask anything of, and he was more than happy to take it yes. on, whether or not he considered the question offensive or uh, overly aggressive. He was. Uh, I always found him to be. Uh, not that I had much dealings with him because he came in after after I left to beat. Uh, I, I thought he did a tremendous job. Um, obviously within the, the limits imposed on the European tour is not quite a belts and braces uh, outfit, but it, it didn't have a huge budget until the PGA tour came along and bought 25%. And that kind of gave him a little bit of freedom financially. Um, mm-hmm. He did brilliantly uh, through uh, COVID I mean, people thought that would be the end of the European tour, uh, but somehow he, he managed to, to get through and it's come back again with the globalisation of golf. It was, it's always an uphill fight for the European Tour. But in the context of that, I felt that uh, Peli did just about as as w- well as he possibly could. Um, so he, he gets a thumbs up from me. Good guy, uh, progressive guy. He oversaw. He absolutely embraced the European Tour as perhaps the entire world of uh, sports, uh, social media content. I think the European Tour might be, you know, the best. And Pelly was quick to see the talent that they had in that department there, and embraced it and promoted it. Yeah. And if you look back, that might be that might be his best, and biggest legacy. If you look mm. back at that uh, body yeah. of work, yeah. it's it's just phenomenal. Some of the greatest things. I, I don't know, Jeff. I'm probably this is a quick detour. I, I actually went back and started looking at some of the stuff. My, my favorite. Uh, people haven't seen it. Go back and look at the Eddie Pepperell, Ryan Fox, fourteen club challenge at La Hinch. Mm. It is maybe the best 10 or 15 yeah, I... minutes of golf content huh. you will ever see. Okay. Great golf course. I, don't... To, I hesitate to call Eddie Pepple a great guy, but I, he kind of is despite his – he's one of these, you know, amateur epidemiologist guys, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Sensational golf. Brilliant idea. Brilliantly executed. And Pelly. Was quick to jump on that, saw the potential, and and there we go. That's probably you know it keeps the 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 name of uh, the European uh, the DP World Tour. It keeps his name and lights, keeps it to the forefront of all our thoughts. Um, so I, I I think he uh, he leaves a good legacy, and as you say, Jeff, it's a, it's a great job for him. Uh, we'll, I, we'll come on to the critics, but I just want what did, what did you think, Peli?
0: It's a little more of a mixed bag for me. Uh... Just because uh, obviously he introduced uh the the sport to uh the kingdom of Saudi Arabia and and uh, that's uh, definitely something that, that that will linger uh and be remembered. Um I they may have found it without him, but that was certainly something that he uh introduced, did it with without any concept of um it seemed like uh (laughs) what they were getting into and who they were getting into bed with and and so i guess that's the the one negative he tried to innovate um i had a long chat with him trying to trying to convince him that a a match play event with stymies would be compelling he listened to ideas Uh, of course never incorporated that one and uh, i'm still fighting i'm gonna fight for that one until the day i die but um I, i think it'd be great television uh but he um uh, yeah, ultimately, I think you're right. The social media aspect, the the view of the European Tour is just different than what you see right now. The PGA Tour, and it's going to be interesting to see how that how that impacts what is going to happen over the next few months. And and uh, and now, what it looks like, he's going to go out speaking very bluntly. <laughs> Yeah, about what we'll he's been yeah. dealing with uh all this time so yeah i thought you i agreed with you that he was a strong candidate to become the commissioner if jay monahan uh, moves on and and uh but this job came up and it's a no-brainer for for him if you look into his background it's just a it's the job he's kind of would have wanted his whole life and uh so he's held things together and, and through a lot of really tricky times and um yeah it's it's uh as we know dealing with all these players can be difficult and there's been a few players who weren't happy uh it, throughout this and and you can certainly make a case that they've made some 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 mistakes but i don't feel like any of them were fatal and and um and now it's just gonna be really interesting to watch as as he i mean he's gonna stay around through april by the way put a great successor uh ready to go in place and guy kinnings perfect perfect person for the job so he wasn't threatened by having a strong number two the last few years i i think that says a lot about somebody's character uh at least from from over here in los angeles very far away but i i see that as uh you know just a tremendous positive and and i hope that um yeah i root for the european tour like a lot of people do i i want it to be strong and and In Whatever incarnation we get here with whatever happens to the game, I, I hope that uh continues. And 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 I think you, you, by the way, you you mentioned the social media, but the European Tour Productions really is the thing that that they have that, that of, of value. And we saw the tour what they valued that at when the tour bought into that, and the way they do things, uh, is om- almost a model for a lot of other. Organizations and granted some of it came from the concept of uh, the way the Olympics are done and different other house productions, but um that's a very valuable asset that was built out even more during. It was already in existence, but it's a it's a key asset for them.
1: Yeah, he. Uh, I, I think he sold twenty five percent to the PGA Tour for. Uh,
0: was it that <laughs> much? I, think it was, I don't think it was I that think much. It was. Uh,
1: well, anyway, for a uh, it was a pretty good deal from the European Tour. Was uh, perspective was it, oh, I think it was more oh, anyway uh, we're, we don't seem very professional here and batting these numbers around but it's, it's mm-hmm. it was a pretty good deal for the European tour but really necessary at the time um the of course there was a few critics uh, kicking around that I don't I mean I didn't think much of anyone but there was one I really wanted to mention in particular and credit to Ben Coley the great Ben Coley at, at sport and life who does uh, brilliant um Brilliant previews of uh, all European DP World Tour events. He, uh, G- Gonzalo, what's that? Oh, let me get this guy's name. But his three names: Gonzalo Fernandez Castaño. Uh, Gonzo, as he's known to his friends, of which I am not one of them, having had a huge run in with him a few years ago. Uh, his politics uh, particularly offended me, uh, so I started calling him General Franco, which he didn't. Really, he didn't really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, he was saying that I'll just read the quote. I believe K.P.'s departure might be a good thing for the mm. tour, as some of the members have lost confidence in his guidance over the last few months. His complaint was that uh, not enough spots for um, basically turning the European mm. Tour into a feeder tour for the PGA Tour. Uh, but, I mean, which it always has been. Let's face it, but kind of formalizing that relationship. The 10 cards going, uh, 10 PGA Tour cards going to the best. Uh, not the best but you know the top 10 european tour guys o- over the year um and the reciprocal arrangement which there's not a lot of people talk about but it's really impacting at, at the for the the journeymen on the european tour let's call them journeymen Although I don't like that phrase particularly, it's a bit demeaning. Um, that you know, if you finish 125 to 175, I think it is on the PG Tour last year, you have a uh, some pretty strong status on the on the DP World Tour. And that's imp- impacting guys who are based in Europe, have always been based in Europe. And they're they're not they were again unable to get spots and are they're mm. scared that they're unable to get spots um uh, in European yeah. tour events. Um again, but um Gonzalo. I had this quote slagging off um, um, Pelly. But of course, Ben went back and found his old quotes. Uh, Constaniel went off and tried to make his way on the, the PG Tour. It wasn't good enough uh, to make his way on the PG Tour a few years back. My dream was always to play on the PG Tour and I can't give up on my dreams. No. Um, it would be great if I could wrap up a PG Tour card this week because that is my uh, burning goal. So th- this is all before Keith Pelly came along. So this guy uh, Criticising Pelly for uh, diminishing the uh, yeah the the European Tour couldn't wait uh, to get off the European Tour back in the day, so I think uh, he, could, uh, he could, would be yeah. uh, roundly advised um, to put a sock on it, uh, uh, General Franco. Uh, good work for by Ben. Good bit of journalism that. Uh, yeah. by Ben. Good memory, a good institutional memory. This is why you should, uh, the guys. Um, media organizations instead of going for the, I don't know, guys or guys and gals with institutional knowledge. You can remember this thing because th- there we go. Um, the critic yeah. nailed um, in one. So good 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 for Ben. Uh, um uh, I, Good luck. Sorry, go on. But, I, I go do on.
0: have a clarification on the number. Um So it was 15% uh, when they formed the strategic alliance. And then when they moved to the operational joint venture partnership, the OJVP, uh, it went to 40%. Uh, oh, of course, really? it's now back to being a strategic alliance because the uh, operational joint venture partnership was a little too wordy. <laughs> uh, it wasn't a good, the acronym for that OJVP is just in America. That's just a, that's just a, that's just don't go there. But um <laughs> Uh, so how
1: much did they pay for 40%, Jeff? Do you, do you have the number? No, there are
0: you kidding? They didn't yeah, reveal right. that number here. But I I remember there, was, there were numbers at the time when they did the 15% that valued it at a significant chunk. Um, okay. Although you could say that one of the massive – and this is not Keith Pelley's fault, let me be very clear. But one of the massive issues the PGA Tour has now is they put so much – money into having their own version of that. You know, they love to try to copy some other successes. Uh they never have their many original ideas. And, you know, when people talk about the current media deal for the tour, one of the big things people forget is that they are funding a lot of the production. Yes, they got more money from the networks, but they also took a lot of burden off the networks on the production side uh, for PJ Tour Live and stuff. So they were trying to be like the European Tour. But that's another element to this that's just added adds so many layers to this mess they're in right now and that they they they're building another building for it uh and and they want to be their own production company and yet you know there's a real beauty in people paying um to just just to televise your product and and not having to deal with all this Stuff that goes into it and producing golf's expensive. So um, again, that's not Keith Pelley's fault in any way. That's the tour's fault for wanting to be like the Olympics or wanting to be like the European tour. And, and it's just one of the many layers to this, how they solve this problem they're in right now of uh, juggling networks, players, sponsors, and and production and all that stuff.
1: The uh, very quick note before we move on uh, on the Guy Kenning's thing, uh, I thought McElroy made a very uh, odd remark about Kenning's taking over. I think he described it as a stopgap, or yeah, it was very strange. No, um, oh, I didn't. I, see I mean, that. it was complimentary enough. I think it yeah, was, it was about that's as strong as You could well, but uh, huh. as I say, there was a certain uh, certain lack of effusiveness. I think that would be fair to say. If anybody knows why, I'd be very. You can DM me. I'd be very interested to know. I thought huh. it was uh, very very odd. We'll move on, Jeff, because this is going. Well, let me just to,
0: just to defend yeah. Rory. Is it possible that he knows that uh, guy is uh, going to move on to another job, perhaps in this new structure, or is it something related to that? Or do you really felt like it? Oh, he, he it, just it wasn't was, enthusiastic.
1: Uh, it, it was remarked upon by other people. Um, oh, because uh, yeah, me, I, so yeah, very uh, odd. Because uh, I didn't actually
0: see his comments i just read them in the transcript and i thought he was uh very appreciative of and and excited or or positive about guy kennings uh being right there ready to go so yeah. i don't know anyway
1: uh, i'm like you i've always had and people should know
0: i don't you know some people may not know guy was a, a longtime agent so there's always that um represented yeah. money and knows great things about money that god i'd love to write read his biography someday when guy writes it but um he was an. so you know pre- previously an agent that that you, you never know when I mean, Rory had his in his early years had some, had, as we know. No, had well, some, guy was an IMG. Oh, that was yeah, long. he had some issues on the whole agenting front. He's not. That's yeah. a great. That situation's very smooth and and low drama now. But we know it was in the chubby years and all that. There was a lot going on there.
1: The uh I would love guys uh my years with Monty. That would
0: be uh would be <laughs> oh, awesome. why can't we have that book.
1: Right. Oh. Listen, uh I'd love the photo, fo- the
0: photo insert in the middle of that book would be really great. Anyway, go on.
1: The uh well, crack I know this is gonna be a long show because there's so much going on very, very quickly. Uh the, yeah, we the, the week move. of golf, um uh Dubai Invitational last week. I've sort of laughed. Why are you talking about Rory all the time here? I've loved somebody called him Rory Vandevelt or.
0: I thought, not for God's
1: Vander Seeks. McElroy. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, and a
0: 3 putt and a bad drive. Yeah,
1: I mean, well, was... I, do you know what? It's just, I mean, great that he showed up. He didn't really, uh, when he's played, yeah, it was guys, a tune-up. Yeah, yeah, it was a right, hit and but, giggle. But I thought that he looked so good. It was so good to watch. Uh, that was great, him and Fleetwood at the end. Uh, yeah. Good putt by Fleetwood. Anyway, good, good for yeah, him. Great part yeah, great putt
0: by Fleetwood because he's yeah. for a guy who's not. Generally great on Sundays. Uh, that was quite a finish.
1: The, uh, the It's a Dubai Desert Classic uh, this week. A uh, real oh, uh, stalwart yeah. of the European Tour. Um, golf. I don't know if there's anything to say on that um, other than... Uh, have you been to Dubai, Jeff? I have not been, been to Dubai. Dubai. Oh, no, right. That no. golf course would drive you insane. Yeah, I know I, it's iconic. I, well, it's been there for... Oh. I went there in 1996. My goodness, that's a long time ago. The yes, uh, yeah, for such an iconic iconic golf course, it's it's extremely goofy. I will yeah. we'll leave it at that. Uh, but it's always a great event. Um, I don't know who you, who you'll be keeping your eye on this week, but my eye is on uh, obviously McElroy, obviously. But I will be watching Michael Bjornson, the Stanford kid, who is my I guess my favorite amateur golfer. I just love the way he plays. Uh, he's coming back after a long injury. I hope he's uh, okay and he plays good. I think he played pretty well there last year or the year before. He was, I think, he was leading. the right. A nanos oh, uh,
0: he was in contention the uh, the Herbert yeah. year. Yeah, when um, Herbert um, got that lovely break in the. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come on, and the man. The other
1: thing, Jeff. Um, I don't want to single out the guy, but there was the, the Sony Open uh, won by oh my god, Grayson Murray. Wow, my goodness. Uh, we won't say yeah, much about him. That's um, rough. Other than he, obviously, a pretty good player, but oh my god, what a not, um,
0: yeah. And I, I just I, want no, to be clear I got it, I got a, I got some hate mail and lectures about not being appreciative of his overcoming his disease. Oh. And uh, I, I said, I'm sorry, there's just, there's just, it's just not even close when you compare him and Chris Kirk, who had struggles with alcoholism as well. He was a, he was a quality individual before those he had some struggles Grayson was was probably the the most awful member of the PGA Tour and may still be I haven't seen much sign that he's changed other than he mentioned uh his fiance and Jesus and um his uh you know eight months of sobriety he was but he was kind of a jag uh through the <laughs> through last year so we'll wait I'm I'm on a wait and see program with uh Grayson, but uh, yeah. nice, nice, nice pot at the end. Yes. Yeah. Good for him.
1: Uh, Carl Young was the main story. Uh, he got some. I mean, who I believe, it was um, Yeah. Yuan is that okay? Um, uh, yeah. But the announcer. The, 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 I'm with. not going to just, everybody's seen it. Um, just a preposterous outcome uh, ruling from the PG Tour um, brass rules officials, whatever. The main point though, Jeff, and um, I want you to speak to this is just players getting away with murder. Now it's, it's, it's awful, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Because we've been hearing uh, all these lectures from them on the distance thing about, we all play the same game and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, no laying up. Those guys have been on top of the hospitality. Uh, I mean, I was on backstopping. They've been on the, the way guys use hospitality placement uh, for shots. Now, Carl Yuan was definitely not trying to use the hospitality. He was in a free no. <laughs> bunker and the ball got away from him and the announcers correctly said, Oh boy, that went over the tent, which of course, again, modern distances. Now they can just hit it so far offline too. And they rightfully thought that was big trouble. I mean, Kurt uh, Byram immediately said, you know, there's OB over there and it's all the clubhouse and somebody else a couple of years ago, uh, flirted with that OB, uh, as I recall. And I can't remember who it is, obviously. But, uh, yeah, so he hit a bad shot. And they never found the ball. And and we we go with this virtual certainty stuff, which is in the rules of golf. Um, But there was very little explanation that really was comforting. And the announcers kind of went with it. But you could tell their skepticism. And, yeah, that's a significant difference. He makes birdie instead of... um, uh, excuse me, he makes par instead of making seven, and and that, you know, that costs some other people money, which we know at the end of the year, the, those points and money can the tiniest little amounts can make a huge difference. And again, he did nothing wrong, but I worry we're at a point now where it's all the it's always to the benefit of the player, the decision on rulings, and it's and that's one player, not the rest of the field. And you just see in this live era of guys threatening to leave and rules officials getting chewed out for for not trying to help a player because the players run the board. I think it's going to be a theme this year, Lawrence. We already saw it in recent years. I think it's going to be a big theme this year of of, um, players just assuming that they get the benefit of the doubt. Again, he did did nothing to um, exude that kind of attitude, but I do think that the rules officials now knowing who's running the show that's gonna that's gonna influence their decision making, uh, and, and yeah. Ken Tackett followed the the rules as they say. But it's just to a better to a fan to somebody who's a fan of one of the other guys in contention, maybe that because at the time he was tied for the lead, um, and that that explanation just didn't didn't work. This you know when the ball is lost, and you could see on the video it did not go into the hospitality. And it wouldn't have been lost if it had been in the hospitality. Somebody would have said, hey, here's the ball. So it's, it's going to be a theme this year, unfortunately. And it's another byproduct of this live mess. Yeah,
1: it's um, – I can't actually – I'm sure somebody will will contact me to tell me there's one every week. But I can't remember the last time a ruling on TV uh, went against a player uh, that left a player. Just, I'm sure it happened. Uh,
0: Bryson? Probably Bryson when he was getting into it with Ken Tackett, by the way. Uh, and Ken was a, a good soldier <laughs> when he was at the memorial uh, before he defected. That was the last one that I can remember. Uh, wow, that's, I mean, that's a long time ago. <laughs> that's Yeah, I feel like three, that was 20 threes. or 20, no, That was 2021, I believe, yeah
1: um that that, that's amazing
0: um there was Uh, one other one somebody got chippy i'll think of it yeah anyway yeah um, but but not many
1: not a lot of course we don't see every ruling that goes on out there but um
0: oh no no we don't and there are many that that don't but that one is that was a high profile situation and it was just not a a great look and that was a bad look for nbc but because of course cbs has a rules official from the rules staff in the in the in the booth And NBC has, has nobody. And, and, you know, one of the best things that's happened on the NFL is when there's a rule situation, there's somebody now they just go to immediately for an explanation. And it's been such a great part of the broadcast because these guys know the rule book and they're almost always right. Yeah. Sometimes they're a little apologetic for the referees when they botch, but that's kind of, they're in a fraternity, whatever. They've got to make sure they, they aren't, Um, you know, the referees take enough abuse as it is. They don't want them to get more abuse, but it's such a good part of the broadcast now when you get that immediate explanation and the NFL has, you know, all these crazy rules that we don't even know about. So, and, and golf, of course, it's absurd because people play the sport who are watching and would like to learn the rules of golf. And it's such a, it's one of those things like instruction that would be such a good part of broadcasts when we have a great rules interpreter there on the shows. And, and you know, people didn't like Hannigan and Faye because they could be a little bit smug, uh, but that's why we kind of liked them too. Uh, and and CBS is, always has one of the people there, but NBC, it seems to be a little more hit and miss. Uh, and it was a great situation for that moment to have that person there and they didn't have it, so...
1: It's it's funny you mentioned the NFL. Uh, the I think it was the Rams Lions. It was the refs missed a call that might have changed the game at the end. But the the broadcast guys they missed weren't. a bunch
0: of calls in that game. Yeah, don't get me. Going yeah, but on that, that,
1: that one was particularly not- noticeable. Yeah, the pass interference
0: was-, was just a joke. It was a, it was unbelievable that they missed that one. Because I mean, you you pull on the jersey, you're trying. And and we know the defensive backs. They 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 they've been coached now to just say, well, you know what, if you're beat. Uh, just, just take the damn penalty. Well, we'd rather have the penalty than let the guy catch it. And, and that receiver for the Rams, Puka Nakua, is just the, uh, phenomenal. He's just an unbelievable player, a rookie. And 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 to, admit, to blow that call was just painful. Anyway,
1: the uh, I apologize for the diversion. Oh, NFL I was so mad about that one. <laughs> I was, the, so uh, bad. but oh, I forgot the early Rams. Um, the Rams played a great game, to least tough environments. Oh, the man. uh, but again, the broadcast was pretty quick to criticise the referee, So you know, another thing that golf could perhaps. What on NBC
0: now? They oh, on the on the football, yeah, 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 yeah and, on the football. Yeah, that, now the, the NBC guys backed down immediately on the Sunday. Oh, of course
1: hands. they do. They always, it was, they, they always yeah. do. It's all part of the. They're all part of the club. Uh, we'll move on. I've got a bundle of uh, a bundle of issues, the stories. Oh boy, uh, start. Uh, yeah, I don't know where to start with this. Um, I've filed under a PGA Tour slash PIF negotiations. The first one. Uh, I'm going to just read the intro, Jeff, and I want you to talk to this uh, since you're the guy that's declared his uh, willingness to take on Yasser Al-Rumiyan no, in a, no in a lawsuit. Yasser al uh, this is from The Athletic, uh, good, good for them. Um, Yasser Al-Rumiyan, the chairman of Newcastle United and Live Golf and um, c- close personal friend of Jay Moynihan and whoever else, faces being sued for allegedly, quotes, having carried out the instructions of Saudi, Saudi Prince Mohammed bin Salman uh, with the, quotes malicious intent of harming, silencing and ultimately destroying the family of the country's former intelligence chief, D- Dr. Syed Al-Jab- Al-Jabri. Al-Jabri, I think it is, uh, amongst the uh, allegations is that uh, jailing this guy's uh, two kids and uh, an attempt to uh, coerce him into returning to Saudi Arabia. is currently in, in Canada and... Um, Trying to the other allegation, really serious one is uh, re, you know Yasser somehow involved or uh, his cohort within the Saudi regime trying to kidnap this guy from Canada again. The story, the full story, very lengthy story in the Athletic, it grew a stunning bit of journalism actually. Uh, but the main point is, uh, as you said earlier in the podcast, Jeff, this is a when you get into the negotiations with the Saudis, this is a very dark and um, as very dark place, these are not. mean um, Yasser seems on the face of it. If you watch the Amazon documentary on Newcastle United, it seems a very uh, personable individual. Um, you have all sorts of people from Rory McIlroy all the way through to you know whoever, um, talking about Yasser in very glowing terms as a, as a person, Jimmy Dunn. But then you read uh, Jimmy Dunn, all of them. Uh, you can <laughs> solve anything over golf, but well, my goodness, go and read the story, and you find that you may or allegedly may be dealing with somebody uh, who is uh, very different from uh, this persona that was presented to us, uh, observers of golf, fans of golf.
0: It's an astonishing story, this, isn't it? Terrifying It stuff. is, but uh, dictators are not very loyal people, and the Crown Prince has been very loyal uh, to Yasir and Yassir very loyal to him. And you kind of had to take a wild guess that there's a little more there to explain this uh this trust that the crown prince has in in yesir to uh spend um uh, their their prized uh, fund money on various things. Uh I think the crown prince might have overruled he and the board on uh Jared Kushner, but otherwise he's been pretty trusting of this uh full-fledged effort to get into golf and sports and um yeah you ha- you, i just think you had to assume there was more there and we'll we'll see what happens but it's um quite the awkward bit of timing since our friend josh friend of the pod josh carpenter broke the news that Chase over there this week yeah. and um uh, yeah that had to that'll be he'll be jail jail be sweating a little bit when he's going through airport security there to get out of the country i think uh but anyway yeah uh, uh,
1: again we should couch this in this sort of report um a legend in- a legend Alleged. Uh, Alleged, but uh, as I say, you made a raise a very good point. Uh, the crown prince uh, seems to be very attached to Yasser, uh, and Yasser's what Yasser will do for the crown prince um, uh, is quite um, uh, that is quite striking. Um, because as you say, dictators generally tend to rotate through uh, yeah. courtiers, uh, but Yasser has some innate qualities that
0: the crown prince. Oh, um, he's. Clearly a dynamic character and he's talented at many things. Uh yeah, yeah he's very Western. I get all that, but no, there's definitely uh, you yeah, know, and I know that Jimmy Dunn said when he sat across him and he knew that guy hadn't uh pulled the trigger on nine eleven or anything like that, but he might have been involved some some other things. And and by the the guy suing isn't exactly uh you well, know he's, a yeah, prince himself yeah. uh he may have embezzled a whole bunch of money and he's hiding in canada so I, they all deserve each other the bigger problem is that you know that golf is uh getting into bed with this and and um of course we know we should be proud of the fact that golf is the one sport that has tried to hold its ground against saudi arabia which which is fascinating you know in fact i didn't i just see that nadal has become a Uh, an ambassador of Saudi tennis or some ridiculous thing this week after he had like Federer had had resisted endorsing these people. And, uh, so a lot of, a lot of sports have caved to them and golf's the one that, that didn't, but, uh, it seems like it's not long now before, uh, some, some form of partnership is, is formed and it, it just may be a necessity.
1: The, uh, you already mentioned a Hat tip to our pal, friend of the pod, Josh Carpenter, Sports Business Journal. He uh, broke the story that uh, Jim Monaghan was in um, was in Saudi this week. Uh, actually, uh, uh, before we talk about that, I, I think it was Jamie Corrigan uh, spoke to Keith Pelly earlier in the week before Pelly did a press conference and revealed that um, uh, mentioned that. Uh, well, Pelley had let it slip that the that Yasser and uh, Mona had had a call. It was their first contact for six months. Yeah. That speaks to the level of uh, disconnect uh, and enthusiasm, Amazing. certainly in the PGA Tour's part for getting into bed with the with the Saudis. So I guess we should give Jay some credit for that. Um, so there is that. Uh, the oh, the other thing I just quickly want to mention this last week. I got a note from uh, I think who was yeah, McEnroe was speaking about the World Tour last week. I thought it was a press gaggle. It was actually Golf Digest. Golf Digest's very own John Huggin. I uh, did a uh, good uh, go out there, but shoe leather reporting. Got in the golf course, found uh, Rory, and got a pretty pretty good scoop. Uh, we'll come on to Rory's been talking about his concept for a world tour ever since. We'll come on to that in a bit. Uh, the odd thing, actually, Jeff, about Monahan being in Saudi Arabia. Again, if you go to Josh's story, it's. Uh, I mean, he's speaking, Josh. Um, Speaking about uh, candidates for Jay's job, he mentions well, there's a well, the, job, well they enter,
0: the PJ Tour Enterprises job. That's not, you know, the person might be reporting to Jay. I don't, we don't know that. Well. I, <laughs> Come on! You don't, you do you don't see it that way, huh? Mm.
1: Well, uh, it, well, the names been. I mean, again, these names mean nothing to me. They might, you might be able to uh, illuminate it for me. For me, uh, basically, a lot of uh, NFL and NBA uh, guys. Uh, yeah. Adam Silver was approached. Uh, the New York Times reported that uh, back in you know two or three months ago, um, the NFL's chief media and business officer, Brian Rolap. Have you ever heard of that guy? No I, no, I don't know some other guy uh, called Sean Bratches. Who was a guy that uh, Sean Bratches? Made...
0: I can't tell you is not being considered for this. I I, I think I'm going to differ from Josh's reporting on that. I I've spoken to somebody who who said <laughs> no. They're <not. laughs> if the PIF money's involved, he will not he will not be part of uh, this. There's they're, they're still not happy with the fact that he deserted live, uh, what was it? Was it six weeks before the launch? Uh, or was it even that many weeks? Yeah, it was, it was not many weeks before and, uh, he got tired of Greg Norman and, and other meddling and weird stuff. And, uh, wisely from, because he has an excellent reputation as a uh, sports business figure, uh, he wisely, uh, got away before that, that would be the case. I, I, you know, I, I, the, the names that, that Josh is floating just sound to me like this, this sports group, goes well the nba and the nfl are well run so we should plug one of those people into this and it's just kind of that sort of shallow approach you'd you'd expect from from sports people who uh, yeah they have success and there's no question those leagues there's a lot of secret sauce there that they would love to have rub off on golf but we also know that golf is very different from those sports. And whenever somebody has been plugged into an executive job in golf from another place that doesn't know much about golf. And I'm not saying those people don't know. They may be very knowledgeable about the game. Of course, Jay Monahan's been very knowledgeable about the game and look at the job he's done. And that might be their rebuttal. So they might say, well, maybe you need somebody divorced from the core values of the sport. Who's a little more of a a big picture uh, business uh, modern sports modern media uh, mind uh, and they may not be wrong so uh it's an important hire because i think we're, we're starting to learn Lawrence that a key part of this pga tour enterprises is going to be the european tour cuz it is a uh, for yeah. it is a for profit operation and so if if this all comes together and it sure sounds like a big if to me based on what what keith pelly gave away uh this week that um you know, this is really going to impact the PGA Tour Enterprises concept, the European Tour, maybe even more than it does anything related to the PGA Tour.
1: The uh, the idea, the NFL was long. I mean, buying an NFL franchise, I think, is a Saudi dream. It really is. They bought into the English Premier League. Yep. I think their yep. target is the NFL. And uh, Somebody comes from the NFL, they're coming from a culture where... They really do not want to deal with the Saudis. The NFL has strongly resisted uh, any approaches from the Saudis. So, yeah, um, but
0: they're 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 yeah. inching towards an international division. It's 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 years away, but it's they're increasingly wanting to go global. As Keith um, Pelley said, that's kind of where the where all sports and all things are going, except the PGA Tour, until apparently recently, based on his comments. Do you have any sense, uh, Jeff? Where
1: where the negotiations between PIF and the PGA Tour are? I, again, I'm, I'm not asking if you have any inside knowledge. I don't think many people None. do. We certainly don't. But do you have do you, do you pick up the kind of music you mentioned there? You touched on the fact there that it's moving pretty slowly. That uh, Pelly accidental revelation was, I thought, was hugely
0: telling. Two things are very telling: Jay Monahan going to Saudi Arabia uh, instead of anybody meeting in a neutral location or yeah, that being, was, maybe that was maybe, bad yeah. or Dubai this a- week. I mean, Jimmy Dunn's in Dubai, but, uh, Rory's in Dubai. It's a bunch of people in Dubai. Keith Pelly's in Dubai. Um, the other thing that, that shocked me in, in Pelly's remarks that, um, I read them in you and Murray's story in the guardian. I, I, I don't know, the context if there were multiple reporters, so forgive me. But anyway, I read it in, in Ewan's story and and Keith's comment that uh I think the BGA tour is coming to the realization uh is global, is the key for the growth. They have heard me say it once or twice, which was facetious, obviously. The fact that he's saying that that they're just now coming to this realization, um, and then you couple it with Jay making the trip. Um, and I do hear, I I know the slopes on Neom have some really great powder this time of year, but that's a, that's a skiing (laughs) steamboat joke. Sorry, too soon. And, uh, Neom's not ready yet for skiing and, but it will be, uh, I, I just think you put those things together and it's like, oh, we have the Delaware group and our, and maybe these, these very successful team owners, uh, the SGS slash Fenway, whatever we're calling the thing they have also <laughs> slowly come to the realization that golf should be played beyond Jupiter, Florida. And so they're working through this. And, um, you know, ultimately we, you and I have discussed it before Lawrence, it's going to have, it's going to, it doesn't matter what we think, what Keith Pelly thinks, what Rory thinks, what Tiger Woods thinks at some point, they're going to have to sit down and go, okay, we have to go to Comcast or so we have to go to Viacom and say, look, you're paying us all this money, but there's a new vision for the game. How can we make this work? Because they they have this deal for many years to come and it's a good deal and they need it uh, and they can't break it immediately, but the world's changing and, and and NBC and CBS needing to fill three to four hours on weekends each day. I understand that that's what they need to do, but linear TV's dying and um, you could still do that. Put the stuff on tape delay, and I think we're seeing that there is a there's there's a slow groundswell here to some form of a an elite player international tour, and uh, it just sounds like from what Keith Belly said, it's 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 coming slowly.
1: <laughs> well, it'd be interesting to examine the the motivations for that. There's a couple of uh, contributions this week. One which I thought was stunning came from uh, PG Tour policy board member Webb Simpson. Yeah, um, that was quite an
0: interview.
1: Wow. That was quite Good a job good. by uh,
0: Adam Schupeg.
1: Really was at Golf Week. Uh, if you haven't read it, Essentially, sense, I think the quote is, the PG Tour's model is broken. Uh, just simply because of the purse sizes he's spoken about. We spoke, Webb Simpson spoke about a couple of sponsors pulling out Wells Fargo, farmer, Farmers. But the telling one was, quote, uh, there will probably be a, a couple more this year. Yeah. That's four four sponsors in the space of whatever, however many months that is uh that speaks to some huge well, trouble for, for the PGA tour.
0: And we know it's 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 the quality of the sponsor. Uh it's well, not, that's right. it's these not are, you know. Yeah. Yeah, these are blue chip type. Sponsors come and go, business plans change, uh, CEOs change. Farmers is an example, of that probably it's a new CEO and has decided they don't want to insure people who live in the two largest states and <laughs> Uh, because they have too many natural disasters, and so they're they yeah, it's just a change that happens on the PGA tour. But if you go back to Dell and the match play, you go you go to some of these other examples. Those are the ones that stand out to me. AT and T wanting to go from two to one, and and on and on. We can, you know, and and certainly the uh, Wells Fargo is just staggering because Webb lives there, knows those people, as he explained in the interview, and and uh, I've been hearing variations on the, the the how the negotiation went and it it really sounds like the tour was stubborn and it, and it's just a reminder that and we talked about it uh with Joe Ogilvy when we had him on the show we tried to ask him even he doesn't really fully know this system they have of compensating their executives based on purse and playing opportunity growth it is still at the core at the heart of everything that they have going wrong for them, that they are stuck on that model. And it leads to a situation where you're telling one of the biggest banks in the world, you're, you're trying to get a few more million out of them and you're willing to risk them walking away over, over. So you can pay uh, last place money a little bit more and then paying a senior vice president of uh, whatever Uh, his bonus is 10,000 higher and down the line. It's just It's nuts. It's completely nuts. It, it's an outdated, it was a nice concept at the time, but, um, so that was an amazing interview though, because, because Webb thankfully sounded rational, <laughs> you know, we're, we're just yearning for that player who, who, who's like, I, we know our worth and we're not worth what we're asking. Um, and I thought that was, uh, and he's very involved in all this whole process too. It's not like he's a guy on the outside looking in. He's a, a member of the, of the, um, Yes, he's on the policy board currently. So,
1: are you telling me that was it was the tour that basically brushed Wells Fargo out the door? That would suggest that they think they're in a position of strength. Yes, when every every fiber in your body looks at the situation and thinks, "My goodness, they are they're in trouble. This is an organization in trouble." But maybe they don't think that they are. And if they don't think that they are, I wonder why they don't think that they are. I, are they just simply
0: I, deluded? Yep, I agree. I agree. It's very, it's, it's unbelievable to think that it's like, okay, right now we need to keep a sponsor happy. And by the way, it's a major bank and yeah, they, whatever, they had some issues a few years ago, whatever, who, who, you know, they the, because the problem is, you know, Lawrence is when one of them does that. And we knew when we talked to Josh Carpenter who broke this story in being in Charlotte, uh, where the tournament is, at Quail Hollow, he he obviously had great sourcing. It was the willingness, we discussed this on the McKellar pod, the willingness to reveal so quickly why they were gonzo. Uh, and same with farmers. Farmers, we got all the details. Again, totally different set of circumstances. But that immediacy is we know that corporate world is very careful about how it's perceived and 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 now we have two recent examples where they're just quickly saying you know why and farmers are signaling with with uh what two more tournaments on the on the schedule uh that they will they will adhere to they're going to sponsor it but wow it's wild to see that they and and so anyway the point is you get this narrative building of it's an unsustainable, thing and some of the biggest sponsors in the world don't want to any part of it. Well, what is a, what is a sponsor that's say, I don't know, Genesis two years ago where they're a new brand or three years ago where they're trying to build it up or Northern trust or some of these lesser known things that have the money, but are looking for to build some relationships in the corporate world with the pro-am and all that stuff, or just to get their name out there with, with people and, and, and people of, uh, 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 of means which is the golf audience uh you, you you there's a value in having those those sponsors even if they're not paying up to the amount you want and so the narrative's gonna is already i mean i i, I mean this is i really don't think they are aware how close they are to a complete unraveling well when it comes I mean- to the sponsor model now maybe and maybe this money from the 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 billions they're gonna get will and they'll move to a for profit thing and they'll just go eh you know yeah it's a new it's a new day it's a different model now but man it was a good model and uh, I I think they're gonna they're gonna regret either walking from it or destroying it whatever whatever it is I, that they're trying to do
1: I wonder who the other two Jeff um the other two sponsors that Web Simpson is referring to I wonder who they are and. Uh, you know, from a, I know the PJ Tour quickly found a, a new sponsor for the Honda. Um, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but the, they've got somebody in there. It's not Honda, but,
0: let's put it that way. Well, that's another, right. But, by the but, way, but, another blue chip sponsor, you know. Treated like
1: if, I, if I'm a potential sponsor going into negotiations with the PJ Tour, I'm looking at the landscape and I'm thinking, well, they've just lost um, four <laughs> sponsors. Oh, they certainly lost two. the probably another two to come. They've lost four blue chip sponsors. They're not exactly in a strong position. Um, The PGA Tour isn't exactly in a strong position to negotiate a good deal for themselves. Uh, Plus, you have, obviously, the specter of, well, John Ram's gone. Uh, We find out today that Lucas Herbert is gone. I'm not sure that he would make, uh, his absence will make. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, let's be (laughs) clear. (laughs) Yeah, but again, it all adds to the perception that the landscape is getting worse for the PGA Tour, Uh, especially when you look uh, at their prospects for, finding replacement sponsors after 2024. Yeah. Unless, as you say, Fenway Sports Group et, et al. will simply just take the money, or the PGA Tour Enterprises, the new PGA Tour Enterprises, will simply take uh, the money uh, from Fenway Sports and use it to to fund golf tournaments. Now, if I'm Fenway Sports, that's not how I want my money spent uh, uh, because that money that money is gone. It you just know, goes the, to...
0: Bank yeah, accounts, of course it yeah. players. Um, yeah.
1: I players. I would want my uh, my $10 billion or however much it is, 4 billion to be used to develop the the business, to, to yeah. develop the product. Incidentally, um, a hat tip to our pals, I guess we could call them our pals, Roberto Castro, um, um, certainly one of them, and uh, uh, the Course Record podcast, I was listening to this yes. podcast it's... this week. They were chatting about the, uh, him and his uh, co hosts were chatting about the the, the, the strategic sports group and uh, the various partners and it seem a very impressive crowd but uh, yeah again uh, no criticism of Roberto because I' find myself in the same spot uh, yeah. I, I can't I have still got can't get to the bottom of where do they, these people see the value uh, I can tell you where they won't see the value is giving away their money and prize money yeah uh, giving away yeah. their investments in prize money that's certainly not going to be the case um so I, we'll see sorry go on jeff
0: oh well, just... i'm increasingly seeing where there is value uh as we get these little drips and drabs but what i don't get is uh, abandoning the current model of the uh, of a sponsor uh and how that works with your media partners that part i don't get and 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 it's even more staggering when you look at what's going on with streaming now what's happening with streaming they're now looking for ways to bring back tiers that have advertising because they finally did the math that you and i and every other chucklehead did that went okay uh 100 million subscribers at 10 bucks a month okay that that I and then here's and when you start doing the math and thinking well what it costs to produce stuff and get it out there and all the technical stuff and pay all the people who put it all together well you need the, the advertising money is still better than the subscriber money, uh, especially as you get to a point where people are like, eh, there's too much uh, in the way of subscriptions. And so they're now moving back to that advertiser uh, model. And, and, and it's still not great advertising. Whereas let's face it, advertising a golf tournament with the tournament name after the corporate sponsor, even though we hate it, we miss the LA opens and we miss the, the other names of cool events. But it's a it's a good value in terms of the number of mentions you get, the way it works on television. The CEO gets his interview, you know. I mean, we laugh at all that stuff, but it still kind of works in linear or streaming or whatever. Take your pick. And and so I'm just I'm I'm having a hard time believing that they're walking from that model. I think they're just screwing it up. Is is really uh, all I, and the, and that was the vibe I really got after reading the Web Simpson thing. Um. Uh, yeah. That you know, uh, just that that he's he's a little exasperated. Yeah, well, I don't know if he's. I think he's just trying to. He's scratching his head, trying to look at this thing, like uh, especially because he's close to the Wells Fargo people. Like, what are we doing?
1: <laughs> I, I don't want to get too deeply into the. No, no, no. We don't care about the uh, money problems. So. I'm, I'm guessing that uh, Fenway, the Fenway, all all sports executives, all all investors in sports will be looking at that. Um, the NFL broadcast on Peacock Peacock exclusively, which is a streaming channel um, of the Chiefs Dolphins NFL playoff game. Yeah, which well, uh, you had to have, you had to have a subscription to Peacock to to view the game, and uh, there was uproar about it in the United States. But lo and behold, uh, the viewing figures, the Peacock
0: subscri- yeah, subscription that, levels. Let's just unpack those. First of all, they included the Miami and Kansas City markets in the streaming number which is the and I'm their linear audience numbers were included in the streaming numbers so the the 23 million number was was factually a lie <laughs> the point being it wasn't a,
1: it wasn't a disaster it certainly wasn't it was in terms of, in a, yeah, from I, a business sense i mean maybe from a, well, a i paid 100 a to 110
0: million and- so for the one game so we'll see but how many.
1: it wasn't an unqualified disaster. It really wasn't, despite this.
0: Well, wow, you're so optimistic. That's why. Yeah, that's what they really set out to do is to have a non-unqualified dis- well, disaster. Well, they were they loathed.
1: again, that would uh, that that peak pique, the interest of. Um, I'm guessing that would peak the interest of the strategic sports group. And plus, they look at golf. Uh, you know, certainly golf in the UK, it's all pay per view. And right. I mean the numbers are small, the viewing audiences are small, but uh, I think the the financial returns are are pretty impressive. I think
0: um, are they? So I I, I well, think I think golf's uh, as much as I'd love pay per view and to be free of ads. I, I just don't I don't think it's a good idea. I think they have a better model now with sponsors, and um, that works better for everybody. But uh, we'll we'll see how that changes. I just, I just don't see people paying for, except for one tournament a year, they would pay very, they'd pay a lot for one tournament a year. Uh, they'd pay a hundred dollars probably to watch the masters and the rest. Yeah. I, I just don't see it. Yeah. What I uh... What a media property
1: that is the Masters! My goodness. If well, the, if, you know, if, uh, if, yeah, it really is. Did
0: you see? I put in the newsletter. Just sorry, I have to laugh at this. I, and I don't mean I don't mean to pick on front office sports, but they impl- they wrote a piece implying that with Slumbers and and Pelly leaving, that this this snowballing uh. effect and the weakening of the uh, the executive ranks, blah blah blah. Could be the, uh, the 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 way to open the door for the major championships to finally tap that Saudi that Saudi money that they've really wanted to tap because you know the people at Augusta National, Lawrence, that's that's what Fred Ridley does every day. He wakes up and thinks, what can we do to finally you know get that Saudi money? Because we, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just one of those. You know, right. I get it. They're looking. They're reading tea leaves as a sports media, right? Thing, no, but it's like right. guys, guys, right. you gotta, yeah, you gotta, right. you gotta. You're you talking gotta,
1: about. So you're, you're talking about front office or front row sports. Like, let's, let's well, nobody knows. What do you mean? There's significant.
0: There's significant operation these days. Jeff Suckers, uh, backing it now, and they've got a lot of reporters. That stuff is read by. It's not Sports Business Journal, but it's read by people. And you, you read that, and you go, "Oh boy, okay." We got a ways to go on that front. Anyway,
1: the uh, we should uh, just continue the is theme. Else in golf? Well,
0: let's talk about golf. Yeah, what else we got? Well.
1: Well well, there's one actually we should really wrap this up. There's one yes. more contribution, which perhaps adds layers on the theme of um of the PG Tour is in deep trouble, but perhaps doesn't realize that Keith Pelly, who clearly has zero Fs left to give, um did a press conference in Dubai this week, some amazing quotes. And I think he, if the PG Tour doesn't realize this and it's in, it's, uh, it's not in a very strong position right now. He Pelly clearly does a quote, great quote. This is a global game. Every business now that's growing wants to be global. What I would like to see is the game becoming more unified with a global strategy. I think the PGA, this is a key one. I think the PGA Tour is yeah. coming to the realization that global is the key for growth. Uh, that seems to have been a a, a very quick uh, reverse ferret, as we say. I mean, not a few months ago, I think Rory spoke about, well, he didn't speak about it, but I think Rory's departure from the policy board was in part a disagreement with uh with certain factions within the PGA Tour policy board, specifically Cantley, I would have to say you would have to think um, they were more interested in a, in a US-focused uh, future for the PGA Tour. That I think the, the Ram departure may be more seismic than we even thought at first. Jeff, and uh, Pelly yeah. seems to be acknowledging uh, that there, there seems to be a there seems to have been a change in uh, not change in strategy, certainly a change of perception from the PGA Tour. Um, so these negotiations, I think the last date I saw, uh, predict, predicted date for them being wrapped up was April. I wonder, this is becoming very, <laughs> it's a movable feast. This is becoming very, yeah. very, very fluid. I mean, the well, PG Tour has changing its view uh, and yeah. perhaps thinking that it should be a more global concept. And that could take a long time to organize something like that, yeah? Right,
0: right. Because you have to get your media partners lined up on that. And I think there's a case to make on that if you you do it a certain way. But that you're right. That is gonna take a long time. Let me ask you this, Lawrence. Um, because I started I hit play and I quit after about 30 seconds. But as you know, I have I I I don't completely poo-poo the idea of the franchise concept um and I, I i just i think liv has absolutely mangled it with these ridiculous team names and now john Rom with his stupid julius caesar legion 13 <laughs> gc xxvi whatever i mean give me a break anyway i still think there's something there clearly the saudis believe it we saw it with the the uh, the thing that nobody's missing right now the uh tgl um, which was going to be playing uh, weeknights right now, and uh, w- with its franchises, but there are reports that you watched the, uh, the, Malari- <laughs> the malaria sticks uh, uh, video with Poulter and Westwood. Yeah. And you saw, like, like, like Jake in, in the church when James Brown says, the, you know, do you see the light? You see the light on the franchise concept, I understand. Is that correct?
1: Well, I, I wouldn't quite put it that strongly. My, uh, I have, I, I'm going to hold my hand up. Uh, the whole live thing I haven't really connected with. We'll leave it at that. I think the longest I've watched anything might be in five or 10 minutes, but I don't know who posted well, it. Well,
0: that's different than understanding the franchise I do, concept. I do yeah. that,
1: yeah. But but, but yeah. just I mean my um, connection with overall live theme content has not been strong, but I, right. I don't know why I clicked on uh, the Majestics. That's Westwood, Stenson, Poulter, and Sam Horsfield. That's their team. I finished 11th out of 12 teams last year in uh, – in the live league table or whatever it is. He put a 30 minute video and I, I watched it all the way. It's on YouTube. Um, if you go and have a look at it right now, I think there's 35,000 views well, and over five good. days. Oh, and uh, that's, that's fireplace collection levels of uh, audience engagement. But it's, uh, oh. I thought it was, it was a, basically a behind the scenes video of, you know, them looking forward to next year and the level of manpower that brought to the whole thing, the level of engagement, um, I think the Majestics have got this. I think they have the, the, the most amount of corporate sponsorship of any teams on live. Right, I just right. thought, I, I couldn't believe, I would guess I should. I don't know why I couldn't believe, but I, I didn't um, before. But now I do the level of commitment and engagement yeah. uh, that they have with the franchise model. And they're really putting their all into it. And I, I, I. I was I was not gripped as putting it too strongly, but I, I was engaged, and I thought, my goodness, it's a, for the first time, I could see how people could get involved with teams, how people could become connected with the team things. Yeah. And if you if you're able to see the, the behind the scenes things, is always really good. And this was a cut above the usual. This, you know, Amazon did that documentary on Newcastle United. It was a snow job. For right. the Saudis, but the, I mean, you had the four guys, and they were pretty brutal about each other and what they what they had done last year, and mm-hmm. they were brutal about themselves. It was really there was a kind of touch of authenticity about it. Yeah. That I really, I really enjoyed, Um and I, I would much, and I think that was part one. I think there's a couple of more parts coming. Oh. Uh, I'll certainly be keeping an eye out for it. So again, there was to me it, for the first time. It just struck me there's a, there's a kernel. Of something there and you know what it made me think about made me think about the tgl i'd quite like to see you know because it's it's more and the characters are more likable i guess when I mean, you know it's a
0: yeah I mean, that's where we're, yeah. we're grading on a car. halter and but, westwood are a lot more well, no, 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 I, 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 yeah I'm, no i said that with seriousness that was not yeah, facetious but, yeah
1: they are and um, but, but but yeah, there there is something there. You could the big problem, Jeff, and you you hit the nail on the head here and you're when you were slagging me off. These names they were kind of throwaway, but they but you look at something like this, this authentic, serious content, I mean it's just a branding disaster. Right. right. It really is the sooner they get rid of these names, that, that might be the biggest mistake that Liv has made. Yeah is somebody I agree. Sat in a room. They sat in a room for 20 minutes and came up with 12 names yeah so stupid i and mean so much and... more effort and and thought should have gone into that and they it might have helped them but instead it set them back you think something so small something as you know notionally unimportant as team names turns out to be extremely important because well, sure. the it's, cliques it's a... and the range goats and all oh. this it just
0: undermines everything sorry it I'm really sorry. does no it does and that and i think it's um yeah, you know, I mean, I I say this as I live in a town where we have the Dodgers, who are named after the trolley Dodgers from Brooklyn, the Lakers from Minnesota and the lakes, and the Clippers from sail, sailing down in San Diego. Our franchise names have nothing to do with anything revolving around our city, but they're established now, and they would have been better off airing on the side of boring names. And I think part of the thing, you know, if you go back, cause I was intimately reading Andy Gardner's concept uh, before the Saudis kind of took it and, and mangled it. Um, and it, it would have started with the players and something from the player. Of course, now we're seeing with John Rahm when the players or Baba coming up with range goats, maybe the players don't have the best names either, but if they had named, if they had stayed with nationalities, some different things and kept them less cheesy, it would, it would, you would, you would have less skepticism about the franchise element because the one event where they actually played real team golf, people kind of enjoyed it. And, and that's the other failing of this concept that they have to fix if, because it's coming Lawrence, it's going to happen. We're going to have franchises The tours, I think that's ultimately what what Keith Pelley and people are getting at. It's part of this going global thing. But it has to happen on the golf course. We know the Ryder Cup was is amazing because the teams then actually we have all the drama, then they go on the golf course, and that drama is brought out onto the golf course and we get great play. We get these amazing clutch shots when we know the pressure, what the pressure is like and people cheering for their teams. And that's where this, this game of narcissists and individuals is just always going to struggle because it's a, it's a loner's individual sport and that's the beauty of team golf is it makes these people who are individuals have to be on a team. But if the competition doesn't actually bring that out, if it's just a bunch of stroke play events, then the the, the team thing doesn't quite uh, – they can do all the great videos they want. Um, but until then, and it, it just doesn't quite matter. And I get it. They've got to play a season and pay people, and they have to play stroke play, but they got to figure that part out too. And and um, as we know, it's just been a huge struggle with, with golf on uh, – I mean, look at the President's Cup wanting to get the women involved or – some of these other team events, they start. And, and yet, what do we do at the end of the year? We go, you know, the best event last year might've been the Walker cup. Um, uh, you know, the Solheim cup was amazing. The the Ryder cup was amazing. Um, so the, 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 Ryder cup and the Solheim cup, the the difference between the the Ryder cup, Solheim cup on one
1: hand, and the President's cup on the other hand is team names. Yeah. Solheim cup and the Ryder cup have great team names. Europe, Versus the United States, it's true, yeah. yeah. And uh, the President's Cup has terrible names, it has United States, the rest of the world, it's a terrible yeah. name, or internationals, yeah. Restless, it's just a it is the rest of the world, name. yeah. And just very, very quickly, we should really wrap this up, yeah. The, the uh, the we well, everybody laughs at the live you know broadcast disaster. Um, but watching this today, and I thought, do you know what, they're starting from with no legacy whatsoever. Right. And, you know, they could, if they can connect in the way that this film does, you know, on YouTube um, and kind of build that space out. If I was them, I, you know, instead of spending money on Lucas, you know, digging a trench to Herbert, <laughs> I, I would I would go and give the European tour media team, social media team, a fortune to, to move right. over to Live Golf. And you start building it out that way. That's my idea for them. And... You know when the as you say well, the stroke this yeah. this idea of stroke events doesn't connect with people but if you if you build a better product um then you you then you you move it into that streaming world which is a, is an endless possibilities I mean it might take 10 15 20 years but the possibilities are endless because you're not bound by legacy media contract or right. linear TV contracts so they have the again I'm, I'm I'm building a a skyscraper here on one 30 minute video. But I, I, you know, I could, for the first time, I could see the potential there. I I really could. And I thought that I really recommend it. People should go and look because Poulter, Westwood, and Sensen, and to a lesser extent, Sam Horsold, he's just a kid. But the other three were pretty pretty brutal about you know the way that they played and yeah. you know, critical cool of each other and themselves. It was good stuff. Well we, I, would, uh, I would
0: just say I, I watched more live than you did. And they 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 did a surprisingly decent amount of of uh stuff off the course that I saw on the broadcasts. And the broadcasts are are they're fine other than the stupid music uh playing on site in the background and the bad on course reporters. Um but but they're actually competently done broadcasts. Otherwise, uh, very competent, and Keith Hirschland and, and the team do a, a very good job. But again, the competition, the golf itself is just not great. They don't go to great yeah. courses, and and um, and we know that good team match play and stuff is 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 sensational. And they also have recruited so many unlikable players, so that right. that doesn't help either. But i'm glad that you've seen that there is room there for that concept and um i think i just i think this week uh is really uh fascinating and that what what we've seen now um some things are coming together and yet we also know they're a long way uh far yeah.
1: apart so but anyway we will uh there's other things uh we just can't touch on anymore because we've got to we've got to wrap this up and we'll on for hours um although i was very tickled by <laughs> McElroy's comments on Garcia uh, today. Did you see them in Dubai? Very, very, very funny. uh, Sergio... Was dismissing Rory's yeah. uh, concept of an IPL—you know, one month at the start of the season, one month at the end. A hit and giggle. got uh, yeah. golf tournaments and Sergio's, We deserve more than a month. And yeah. Rory's response was: Sergio <laughs> thinks he deserves a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this. Uh, uh, I love. Keith Pelley doesn't give a shit anymore. Rory clearly doesn't give a shit anymore. Yeah, it's going to uh, be a fun there's few not a of, uh, yeah.
0: There's
1: not a lot of diplomacy around, and I absolutely, I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. Uh, we'll leave it at that, Jeff. Um, I will uh, talk to you soon. All the best.
0: All right. Enjoy, uh, enjoy your vacation in Asia. Thank you for uh, making the time for us. Tell, uh, tell your better half. Thank you.